You're listening to the really useful podcast, the tech podcast for technophobes. My name is Christian Corley from makeusof.com and in this week's show I'm joined by my MUO colleague Ben Stegner. How are you doing Ben? Hello Christian, I'm doing great. How are you this fine day? Uh, not bad, well it's just not so much a fine day here, it's uh, evening time in the UK. Oh. Uh, you must be mid-afternoon. That's right, yeah. Three o'clock, 1500. And also, fine day made me sound really stuffy. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> and, and and 50 years older as well. <laughs> we are here to bring you tips and tricks and news that matters to you as a normal computer and mobile phone and smartphone, internet and smart TV user, as opposed to so many programs or builds PCs or any for a living or anything technical for a living. We're here to break down the technical stuff and make it important and interesting to you and to filter out any of the nonsense. So in this week's really useful podcast, we'll be looking at um, what Disney Plus have got coming, the Giphy Arcade, which lets you create and play Giphy games on your smartphone, and some free episodes that are coming to you from Roku devices of popular shows we'll also be showing you how to make an old mac um feel faster and newer a look at some of the top conspiracy websites so uh, prepare your aluminium tinfoil helmets we'll be looking at how tesla cars or tesla connected cars can be hacked despite what you may have heard and we'll be looking in advance of black friday some amazon price watch trackers for the avid bargain hunter we will kick off as noted however with disney plus which is set to launch in the next few months uh, around the world in the us that is on november the 12th and it will be priced at six dollars 99 they've recently revealed their um, pretty much everything that they're planning to share with the world and um, there's a whole host of excellent things um you've got the um great movies like toy story and frozen we've got the new star wars shows mandalorian and there's a bunch of um old things that people have completely forgotten about and perhaps should continue to forget about but no the 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 real turkeys from disney's backyard are also being included what do you think ben I think it's interesting. We've talked before about how streaming services, like every, you know, every company wants you to sign up for a service now, which kind of gets hard to manage. So obviously I think most people are a fan of one thing or another with Disney, whether it's the classic movies and cartoons or Marvel, Star Wars, whatever. So um, I think if you're any kind of Disney fan, it'll be a good mix of content, but it is funny how they've literally tweeted like every single thing coming mm. to the service because I don't think most people care about a lot of this stuff, like old niche movies that no one's really like. I've never heard. Have you heard of the computer who wore tennis shoes? The cat from no, outer space. No, I haven't. I've seen some bad Disney movies, but I haven't seen any of these, which I'm feeling a bit guilty about now. It almost sounds like uh, like if you have a couple friends over and you want to watch a like so bad it's good movie, kind of just to laugh at it, kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, it's it's just weird that they're like promote like here's this giant list of everything, including all this second rate stuff no one cares about but yeah i mean i think if if you're a disney fan i mean seven dollars a month compared to netflix or whatever i don't know it just depends on how big of a disney fan you are i guess yeah i I wouldn't it wouldn't be worth it to me but i think it's interesting to see them throwing their hat in the ring 
It is, it is. I. It also makes me wonder, like, who else is going to be next with this approach? See, the BBC with, you know, like, 90 years of broadcasting experience under its belt and a, a televisual archive going back 60, 70 years, they could compete on these terms with BBC iPlayer, something like an internationalized subscription version of BBC iPlayer, and alongside all the top shows, they could also be churning out their absolute turkeys as well. It could be fantastic. All these yeah, crap just... old shows that people haven't seen for years, given the chance to watch it again. It's just like open the vault and whatever yeah. you find inside, whether it's a, a something everybody loves or just some old piece of crap you want to laugh at. It's yeah, I'm trying to think of other like like Boomerang has the they have a, a streaming plan I believe that's like all the like Top Cat and all those old cartoons. Nickelodeon could do it. I mean they don't have as many years as something like Disney, but even just going back to the 90s and 2000s shows that like my generation loves. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's it's a way to keep their old material relevant and maybe publish it for a new generation. Yeah, make some coin off it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, there's a whole list of these things. There's Mr. Boogity, Fuzzbucket, the computer who wore tennis shoes, Justin Morgan had a horse, the cat from Outer Space, Stepsister from Planet Weird. That's just not a film. That's just a documentary, I'm sure. Uh, Zenon, girl of the 21st century, and stuck in the suburbs, there will be many many more than this and let's not forget you know there is top draw stuff on disney plus sure, as sure. well there's your great disney movies from the past two or three decades yes your classic disney great movies your, your mary poppins and your sleeping beauty and cinderella and snow white and all those great big names uh i've just had a quick google of justin morgan had a horse uh it came out in 1972 it's based on a novel by marguerite Henri. And um, I've just had a quick, I don't recognize any of the names in it. Uh, it's I, I mean, maybe we should uh, check out on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that an option? Here we go. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no, this says it's 1981. So that's an interesting difference. Maybe it was so good they had to remake it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Five um, years later. Yeah, it's a, it's a, there's no ratings well, on this. So there is at least one well-known person. Atlanta Wood was in um, Diamonds Are Forever. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah, there's. Um, I'm I'm not finding any reviews on this. What's going on? Um, so let's. Yes, it's um, like the no, movie no, that doesn't exist. Nobody's no seen it. it. No one's reviewed it on the Tomatometer. But I tell you what, once once Disney Plus comes along, there's going to be reviews aplenty. I feel like this, the horse. Yeah, this will probably be good fodder for like like YouTubers who want to review old like the worst Disney movies you've never heard of or something like that. So yeah, there's something for everyone. Quite possibly. Um, so that's uh, what Disney Plus have got coming for you in November. Let's move on to Giphy Arcade. It's been launched by Giphy, which is uh, basically an online tool that lets you make GIFs. It's also a repository because it keeps a copy of the GIF. You can either download it to save yourself or you can share it on Twitter or whatever social network you want to stick your GIFs on. And uh, they've created a database of mini games that you can play made out of GIFs. It's... I'm, I'm having a struggle getting my head around it, to be honest with you. Then again, I mean, you know, I'm in my 40s. I'm obviously clearly past it. And I've only just worked out how to create an online GIF and then download it. I've only been doing it for like six weeks. So this is like the next step for you? It's got to be, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So it looks like um, 
these games are like really simple. I, I mean, they're not necessarily made out of gifts, but anyone can make them. And that's pretty much just like shapes. Um, so there's like wall bouncer where you're like jumping between two walls and trying to dodge things that are falling like a simple space shooter, a brick break type of game. So yeah, I, mean, I don't, I guess these are when you're really bored and you don't have anything on your phone to play. Um, what I do think is interesting that because anyone can make them, this almost kind of reminds me of like the golden era of like flash games. So like how back in the day when flash was relatively new and people were just using it to make their own games and they were on sites like Newgrounds where anyone could make a game yeah. and publish it. I feel like that era kind of came to a close as the iPhone got more popular because people made games for iOS so they could make money off of them because flash games were kind of just done for the love of making it. So, I mean, I don't think this is going to reach the level of flash games, but it's a fun little distraction, I guess. I'm looking at um, the little, uh, we've got a little video of it, which we'll uh, show you in the show notes, um, a tweet from Giphy. And th- the thing that it's re- reminding me of um, is Monty Python animations by Terry Gilliam. Here, I'm, here's one where you, there's fingers trying to pick a nose and you have to bounce a ball around the screen to knock the fingers away. Yep, I saw that one. There's also one with some hand a hand grabbing at some dogs, which is the, the very Gilliam-esque one. So, so this um, yeah, this definitely feels like the quality of like a flash game where it's like kinda like silly and quick. But it could, it could be a fun way if you've never if you've if you've wanted to make a game before you've thought about it and you're kinda scared you don't know any programming. It could be a fun way to make a little silly game and share it with people yeah i think it's interesting i i'm curious yeah, to see yeah. how many people will use it but as flash kind of goes away maybe we'll see more stuff like this yeah it's definitely a yeah, niche for it um so yeah to create a game from scratch you must first choose a game template um styles include floppy bard so it's yeah, floppy. floppy bird yeah uh run a blast them up and brick buster so they're all sort of like known genres um that you'll be used to uh, the endless runners shoot them ups and uh brick games you bounce a ball around and the bricks come tumbling down with bonuses and what have you so yes yeah, so that's giphy arcade and uh that's that's live now so you can just head over to the giphy website or on the giphy app and start messing around with that so that's kind of cool yeah okay uh, let's move on. We've got, uh, we should put this next to Disney Plus, really. Uh, Rocky now offers free episodes of popular sh- TV shows, um, which is a good way of uh, giving you a free taste of something that you might then decide you want to keep watching. Um, there's a ton of content on Rocky already, and they're uh, giving free episodes of shows, including On Becoming a God in Central Florida, Godfather of Harlem, America, the story of us, Heartland, and Miss Fish's Murder Mysteries. I have to be honest, I haven't heard of any of these shows at all. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. I, I've None of them even ring a bell, so I don't know if it's just... I, I'm not really in touch with TV, like we were saying, but I don't know if that's a you and me thing, or if this is just they're offering it for free because it's not very well known. Yeah, it could be. Either way, it's um, some free TV to watch if you uh, don't have a subscription on your Rocky. So, um, yeah, so that's okay. Um, free TV, can't complain for something that's free. Yeah, it's it's probably like most free, tri- it's not really a trial, but it's the kind of thing where they hope you'll start watching a few episodes and then get hooked on it and want to yeah, subscribe so you can keep a, watching it. It's a carrot on a stick. It's a type of carrot you've never heard of on a stick. 
basically. Then, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a it's a vegetable you've never heard of that you're not sure if you want. I mean, yeah, but it's it's I guess if you have a Roku and you really want to watch something and you don't want to pay and you don't care if you've never heard of it, it's not a bad idea. But yeah, I mean, I you most people I think have discovered something that they really like by accident, whether it's a, a new artist on of music on Spotify or something like this. So it can be fun to just jump into the deep and try something new. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so, uh, that is the news that might be of interest to you. Um, dear listener. Um, whilst we are doing news and updates and before we go on to tips and tricks, um, last few weeks, um, Ben, I don't know if you've um, been catching up with the really useful podcast, but we've been uh, discussing, the um the story of my broken samsung tablet okay um so what happened quick recap for you on the listener is one day i picked up my tablet sent megan some links for the next day's show put my tablet down a few hours i picked it up again and half the screen was essentially broken not in the cracked way but in the crashed way um half the screen was if i would if i swipe the screen the bottom half of the screen had a three-second delay of the swipe. Okay. Okay. That's so a weird. few days later, um, I go in touch with Samsung, and they do a do- de- uh, doorstep repair service in the UK with a company called WeFix. So they came out, had a look at it, um, bit of uh, air sucking through the teeth. Um, <laughs> I've, I'd, I mean, I'd filed a detailed report, so then, and I, you know, it'd been reset, factory reset two or three times, and they replaced the display, but that didn't fix it. So I was awaiting a uh, new mainboard for the device to be sent out, and then they would come along with their little transit van and sit in the back with their little workstation. It's all really cool. Um, huh. And um, fix the tablet. Um, but unfortunately, they sent the wrong piece. So I still the whole, have... The whole wrong motherboard? They didn't even send a motherboard. They sent a different display. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so the engineer um, called me on the morning texted me on the morning said he wasn't going to come because they've only sent another display and not replacement mainboard um so they're coming out this thursday hopefully with a mainboard to uh, get my samsung tablet back up and running again um i'll provide this update for the listener because it's been going on for this is the third podcast on the trot this has been going on for it's been on for a few weeks now wow that's and how new is the tablet i can't really use it i can use half of it uh, how 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 new is it? When how, how new? It's a year it? old. It's an oh, okay. S4 Tab S4. Yeah, that's wow. That's such a weird like. It's one thing when it's like, oh, it's because I sat on it or whatever. But when it just yeah. just it, happens, that's so frustrating. It gets about three times a week, mainly for this and for reading magazines. Hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot of money to pay for a device for reading magazines. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, it's also got it's it's got that additional function of it's a tablet it's a samsung so i don't have to buy a samsung phone it's got dx dex built into it for yeah. if, if i need a pc i can just turn that into a p into a desktop so so yeah so that's still ongoing so maybe i'll have a resolution for you next week and we can get an idea of just how good samsung's customer support is uh, in the uk so far <laughs> seems like jury's it's, out yeah. jury's out right ben um you have been looking at ways in which an old Mac can be um, improved or made faster uh, back up and running again. Um, I had a look through this, and you can go through it in some detail. 
obviously. But in terms of a a really old Mac, you did miss out a very important aspect. What was that? Um, installing Linux. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I will let you off. So look, um, I'm sat here with an old Mac, which I'm not bothered playing with for a while because you know it started slowing down, and I decided to start using uh, Windows computer because it was cheaper to buy a new one. Um, you're telling me now that I can actually speed up my old Mac. What do I do? That's right. Yeah. So the the nice thing about if you have an older Mac, we're talking maybe 2012, 2013, or earlier. Um, they're actually still pretty upgradable. Um, newer Macs, they have a lot of the stuff hard soldered onto the motherboard, so you can't really replace it yourself, but older Macs you can. So the two best things you can do, if you have an older Mac, and I, I talk about how you, how you know if you can upgrade in the article, um, is to swap the hard drive for an SSD and to upgrade the RAM uh, if available. So a lot of older Macs have an old spinning hard drive, as we've mentioned before. If you can upgrade that to an SSD, it's not super expensive. You can get a, a, a nice decent SSD for 30 or $40. Um, and it's pretty easy to swap even if you're not a hardware expert and that'll really increase the performance of your system across the board. Same thing with more Ram. A lot of old computer uh, Macs only have like two gigabytes of Ram. So you can upgrade that to four or even eight gigabytes. And you know, it won't, it won't be like a brand new machine cause the processor's still old, but it'll be worlds better. Even if it's a six or seven or eight year old, year old computer, I have a 2010 MacBook downstairs it's it's still usable i mean the screen's kind of blurry because it's not a retina display but it runs fine and then from there you have other uh, those are the two main ones if you can upgrade the hardware but then you have some other software tips too um getting rid of old apps that you don't use is a good idea um get rid of stuff running at startup and then you might have to kind of switch the apps that you use as well um, so one one big example is Chrome and Safari. Chrome is kind of a drag, especially on a Ma uh, MacBook. It uses the battery more heavily. So if you can switch to Safari, it's more energy efficient. It'll probably feel better on your system. And they're similar enough that it shouldn't really make a huge difference for you. And sometimes reinstalling uh, Mac OS can help as well, just kind of resetting everything. Yeah. So I've done this a couple of times. I, I've um, I've upgraded machines for a friend once, and I did it on my own. My own and it's... You know, if, if that's if you don't want to if you want to if you want to stick with a Mac and you don't want to buy a whole new computer, you can spend probably under a hundred dollars, get a new SSD and RAM, and that that'll make a huge difference. So it's definitely possible if if you have one that's old enough to upgrade. If it's newer, you have uh, fewer options, unfortunately. Okay, and um, cleaning is also an option as well. That's right. Yeah, there's a few things you can do that won't make it faster. Uh, really but they'll help just make it feel kind of new you can uh, even even something simple just like changing your wallpaper cleaning up your desktop icons so it feels fresh instead of like that old computer that's been sitting in your closet for years um, and then uh, giving it a physical cleaning can help too if the keyboard has crumbs on it or the screen's all gross just giving it a a nice wipe down to make it feel fresh can go a long way well getting rid of the dust is always a good option right that now, do, do macbooks have like a power fan to get rid of dust or is there some manual cleaning required i think that depends on the computer you mean like an internal yeah. fan to clean yeah yeah like i mean my asus um windows 10 machine has like a power fan option so i can basically press uh, function f5 and it'll speed the fan up to properly push out any dirt oh. and dust it'll, mm. it'll go for a few seconds to clean out the internals and push it out 
I don't. That's a good question. I don't know about that. If there is one, um, the fan okay. on the MacBook that I changed is it's exposed, so you could clean it out with like a, right. a Q-tip or whatever. You could get some of the dust out. There might there's probably like a third party program you can install that would help sure. you speed the fan up. But I I don't know of a built-in option okay. off the top of my head. I've never used one. Okay, so some uh, some great tips there. So I'm um, just quick um, summarize through that. You could upgrade your hard drive to a SSD solid state drive. You can add more RAM to the system. Uninstall old apps to get rid of desktop clutter. Use lightweight apps. Reinstall Mac OS for a big refresh, and um, even give your desktop a new look and physically clean the MacBook Pro. Um, all great tips then. Thanks, Ben. And we're going to move on to, oh, good Lord, it's the conspiracy websites. Oh, do you know, a few years ago, I was um, somewhat into conspiracy websites in a way that isn't healthy for anyone. Um, and But, but it's helped me um, with this article. I compiled a list of nine conspiracy websites that are still going and are worth visiting. There are some sites that aren't worth visiting because they're pretty trashy um places full of weirdness unpleasant people basically um and hate and then they're not healthy places to visit so i avoided those um so i've compiled a list of um, places that are worth checking out still and you know I, I stumbled across some weird things looking at this i'm going to quickly go through the list and we'll see where that takes us so first of all there's the website conspiracies and as as ever everything that we talk about in a really useful podcast will appear in the show notes so you can just click on the link for this and then you can see the out um the very sites that you might visit uh, so conspiracies our earth is hollow decrypted matrix the illuminati conspiracy hack <laughs> <laughs> Godlike Productions, a conspiracy forum, above top secret. There are two great boards on Reddit, um, the conspiracy and actual conspiracy subreddits. The Flat Earth Society, which, as I highlight, isn't strictly conspiracy theories, more of a cult, and conspiracy theories uncovered on YouTube. <sighs> now, the Hollow Earth thing is... I've I've been a little bit in, um, intrigued by that for years. The fact that it exists and the fact that it exists in so many places around the world in so many different times and eras of history. It's a bizarre old thing. That, and parts parts of um, the Indian Asian continent around there, they've, they've had this legend going on for a long time. The Nazis thought it was real. There are um, American natives who believe that there are tunnels into the inner earth it's absolutely crackers and yet it, it keeps coming back it's i don't i don't it it's weird to consider how these spread like how does it go from some random thing that you make up to something that a bunch of people follow and there's a whole mm. website devoted to like i, I don't you the only thing I've never heard of this, to be honest, the only thing I can think of is like the you know, like dig a hole to China that we, like you always say as kids or whatever. Or like when you think about if you drill through the earth from here, what's on the other side type of thing. Yeah. But I've never thought like it's hot. Like, like to me, if you like it's just like think about if you were inside the earth, like 
the whole thing where the sun is just far enough away from us that we don't get burned or frozen. Yeah. If you're inside the earth, wouldn't you think with no sunlight ever that, Oh no, no. The thought of that. Uh, no, no. There's an inner sun. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and the inner sun, does that heat the earth as well? Uh, like what about, yeah, how does that affect us? That heats the people on the inside of the earth, like a Dyson sphere. Okay. That's the idea of obviously, um, a lot of difference in years between those two things, but yeah. But I, I love the fact that there's like little gateways in the North Pole and the South Pole. Those are the things that I, I really love about this. <laughs> Santa just uh, locked the door and they let him in. Oh, there, there is an there's an explorer store, but it's temporarily unavailable. That's that's a shame. <laughs> wow, this this site looks like it's straight out of like it's just so it's just text. Yeah. And a now, picture of this guy. A few years ago, I um. Got very. I was writing a book about the Beatles, um, which didn't end up being published, unfortunately, for a, um, a UK publisher um, that went bust. And but I managed to keep a little bit of it aside, and it. I ended up rewriting this um, portion for make use of um, about a, a famous conspiracy theory: the Paul McCartney is dead. Yeah, my my friends yeah. told me about that. Yeah, I mean, I I went right into that, and that's the thing with conspiracy theories because there is this. Um, if you're going to take any conspiracy theory seriously, then you have to have a, a suspension of disbelief has to take place. Just as if you're watching um, an action movie or a fictional TV, show, you know, any TV show that isn't a documentary or the news. Okay, any TV show <laughs> there has to be a suspension of disbelief, and you know, in it's part of the conspiracy theories thing, and it, you know, it's a big sub-industry you know these sites make a lot of money through advertising and selling goods and selling you know there's there's the whole sort of like um places like above top secret and reddit and godlike productions and i i'm not so sure about the flat earth society they'll all have a big collection of readers who have complete distrust in government um could be described as you know preppers um, and they you know, make a lot of money from that side of things as well. So, you know, and take these things with a pinch of salt. There's a lot of amusing things about them. And there is, in some cases, some truth to what they're saying. But, you know, the whole thing about joining dots and all that kind of attitude to things, you, you, if you're going to go down that route, then you've got to be careful that you're absolutely certain what you're saying is because then we start getting into conspiracy theories taking over your life and nobody wants that really yeah i think that it's just the i think the reason that conspiracy theories of any kind are so not addicting but just enticing to people is it's just human nature i think we want to see patterns where there aren't any and i think that in most cases it can be exciting to get caught up in, well, what if this really happened or whatever? But in most cases, the simplest explanation is probably what happened. And, yeah. you know, like, because with the most conspiracy theories, it has to be, well, this just happened. And this, like, it's all these connections. And like, this was, this wasn't just a coincidence. And it's like a thousand strings being like all these connections. And it's just like this, it's so ridiculous that there's just no way, like it's for all that to happen. It's just impossible yeah yeah i think um you know there's this in in some of the sites and some ones i haven't mentioned on the list and i won't mention now um that i've read there's this kind of idea that there's this huge sinister evil shadow 
stalking the earth when in actual fact what i suspect it is it's just stupidity um you know human nature getting things wrong doing stupid things being greedy being a little bit evil but mostly just this whole mash of chaos occurring and things turning out in different ways some good some bad but what do i know let's move on are teslas secure how can hackers hack connected cars uh, our colleague Georgina Torbett has looked at this for make use of and you know we always think of car security as being having an alarm making sure the doors locked maybe using uh, immobilizers they tend to be built in with most cars these days um, older cars might have an immobilizer fob or there might be one of those ratchet action sticks right that you lock the wheel pump lock the wheel and the gear stick and the and the accelerator or whatever or the clutch um with the era of the connected car we assume things are going to be a little bit more um high tech and um yeah and easier and tougher for the hackers but that hasn't been the case there's been cases in the past where um, for instance radios and from um, the, the radio signal from a key fob has been recorded and then used to unlock a car remotely. And we, we're now in the age of the um, the Tesla super electric car. And, you know, oh, super security is packed into these cars, isn't it? Or is it? Um, we've got wireless reading of signals from key fobs in 2018 on Teslas. We've got repeater attacks on Teslas and Tesla key fobs as well, where the hacker picks up the presence of a key fob from inside the Tesla owner's house and then amplifies it, um, enabling two people to steal a Tesla in the UK. This was done as a test, but, you know, it works. The autopilot can be hacked on a Tesla. I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's pretty devastating. Yeah, that would um, be... Yeah, the entertainment system can also be hacked on a Tesla. And then you've got the whole issue with a Tesla being pretty much a portable computer. And when you're selling a computer, you've got to make sure you delete all your personal information. You've got to do the same thing with a Tesla. And, you know, we're talking about Teslas now in 2019. By 2025, this is going to be the majority of cars. You've got to get rid of your personal data off this car before you sell it. But how do you do that? <laughs> That's the question. Um, it will differ. Um, they, on the Tesla, you can perform a factory reset. Um, but, I mean, at this stage, there isn't, you know, we're quite early into the whole connected cars thing. I would not be surprised if the factory reset does not completely delete. So Yeah, I, it probably uh, would take a while to get that perfected. I, yeah. th I think the, like, the big thing that sticks out to me from this is, like, the issue with the, the duplicating key fobs and, like, the security flaws with encryption not, not working or whatever and all that. Like, it says, thankfully, they patched it with a software update. And yeah. while that's while that sounds great, I feel like, like, old school cars, I mean, obviously, there's ways, you know, someone steals your key, someone breaks the window and hot wires it, whatever. But, like, relying on a company to issue software updates to fix critical flaws is kind of a scary place to be in because you think, yeah. think about, you know, when there's a, a issue with Wi-Fi 
or something and you're waiting for your router to get patched or you're waiting for windows to get patched to fix some security problem like your car and it's all from I mean, assuming tesla is going to be around for a while you know what happens if the, if this if this becomes the, the norm and there's 25 car manufacturers they're all making cars like this and they're a little bit slow on updates or you buy a car and then five years later they go out of business and they're not making updates anymore what happens if there's just this known vulnerability where someone can just basically steal the key to your car yeah yeah it is i mean it, it, it brings a whole new dimension into car security but i think you know this is we're hit, hitting a revolution in the automobile industry aren't we with there's like connected cars electric cars and the, the, the sort of the, the automated car thing all coming along at the same time you know getting on for 100 years since um the um you know the, the production line motor car was invented and so it's a good time for it but i I have a distrust of connected cars and I have a dist I'm fine with electric cars, but I'm not fine with the, the footprint of creating the carbon footprint or the, the, the whole resource footprint of a, of an electric car. The work that goes into creating it. Yeah. I don't feel that it is a solution that it claims to be. And I'm deeply suspicious of the whole automated car thing. And I don't think I'm alone in this. And I do wonder whether, you know, in the next decade or two, we're going to find a lot of people are ditching the cars for public transport or ditching the cars for horses. Just like the whole, like, going back to the basics thing. That going back to the basics with, of having a, vehicle, yeah, and having a vehicle that you can be in control of, like a horse or like an old school car. And the problem with the old school car is you might not be able to get the fuel. And if you can get the fuel, I mean, you'll probably still be able to get, you'll, you'll be able to power diesel cars because of um cooking oil won't you so you know you, diesel cars can be powered from cooking oil so we're not going to stop using cooking oil i don't think but you know the petroleum gasoline is going to be gone um more than likely and old cars are going to smell anyway um without a lot of cleaning and maintenance so that's why i, I just have a feeling people are just going to like for local stuff i think people are going to go back to horses or bikes, even. Or, or bikes, which are obviously more recent than horses. But, um, you know, there's no reason not to have a horse, is there really? If you, you know, if you've, if you're not going to be taking, if you're not going to pay for a car that you don't trust, and if you want to go somewhere sort of long haul, you just hop on a train or plane or whatever, you're doing stuff locally. Why not get a, why not get a horse? If, yeah, if you don't mind taking care of it, I guess. Yeah. Well, obviously. So could we be, you know, 20 years' time, could we be both sat here, me a lot older? Um, well, I suppose we'd both be a lot older, but I would look older, older. Um, we could be, you know, we could be discussing that, you know, we have wearable tech for humans, we've got wearable tech for horses. Hmm. Sat Security now, for your horse? Mounted, on, mounted between the ears of a horse. I guess people, I mean, yeah, if, it, if it became widespread, people would probably focus on building stuff or horses yeah, if they came back will be tech yeah. pimping their horses without a doubt yeah totally it, it sounds like a some kind of movie or some kind of you know, like an alternative like historical futurism high-tech horses yeah it does that's a great name for a band though isn't it high-tech horses there it is you, you, heard, you, you heard it here folks <laughs> like everybody one of the high-tech horses <laughs> high-tech horses coming to a student union bar near you soon uh so that's teslas are they secure not right um 
and how hackers can attack connected cars. Check out that um, full article in the show notes. We're going to move on to the five best Amazon price watch trackers for bargain hunters because we're coming up to um, well, we're coming to Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and there's also kind of a pre-Black Friday sale happening. I got an email from Amazon this morning where they're cutting price on their own products. So, um, so what it does is basically you type in, you, you know, give the price watch tracker an item, and then it will tell you how much that item has been over the prior months. Um, which can go back to a year and that is interesting because that allows you to then get an idea of how much it cost last time it was discounted for Black Friday sure Maybe sure help you predict how much it will go down or help you find yourself um, crying into your latte when you discover that it isn't as cheap this time around yeah it, it helps with a, a couple of things so like talk, since we're going into Black Friday um, so, some I was gonna say dealers. Some sellers are known to kind of like creep up their price before a, a big event. So let's say something costs twenty dollars, they might raise it up to twenty-five or thirty, and then on Black Friday it's on sale for twenty. You know, so it looked like it's a great deal when it really it wasn't. It was that's normal price. But it's also good to know kind of what something is trending at. So if you see even like a deal of the day on Amazon Gold Box, and you see that it's on sale for whatever, you can check. Okay, what's the, what's the average been over the last year, or what's the cheapest price this has ever gone for? Because if you see something at its lowest price ever, that's a pretty good sign. It's a good deal. Whereas if it's been that price for six months, it's not really a deal. Um, so that's really good. I've used it a couple of times on like uh, like a game I was watching or something. Because you can put a, you can put your email in and give it a price and say if it falls below this price, let me know. So it's right. you don't have to you don't have to check constantly because some stuff changes price every day or couple times a week it's hard to keep track of okay so which service have you used i've used camel 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 yeah, which camel, has camel, which camel, has the yeah. weirdest name um but yeah I, i've used that just because i've i'm familiar with it I and mean, it's not super super high tech but it gets the job done i wonder if there's actually a subgenre of um websites that we could look at at some point on make use of where they're just named after animals repeatedly so we could have camel 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 and duck duck go those that's are two, true that's true so yeah far. Yeah. All right. Do carry on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've used that. Um, I don't, I don't use it constantly or anything, but I generally just use it to check what the going rate of something is. I mean, if it's a game or something I know, but cause sometimes you'll get an email or even sometimes I'll see something on, um, like I'll get, I'll get a notification on my phone from eBay and it says, you know, here's something we thought you might like and it'll be on sale. And then I'll check that item on Amazon and then use camel, camel, camel to see if the Amazon price is really a deal or not. And the other nice thing is, too, that if an item is available from a third party, new or used, it shows those prices separately. So if you're looking to buy something used, you can see the price for that and how it's compared to the new price if you want to. Okay. Now, in this list, um, there's several items. Uh, as mentioned, Camel, Camel, Camel is Keeper, The Tractor, Honey, and Watcher, which is Watcher with two A's. Now, is it? An amazing statistic for you here. Um, uh, it's written by Dan Price, and he writes, according to Business Insider, Amazon prices change 2.5 million times every day, which means that a typical product will see its price change every 10 minutes. Wow. Which is absolutely insane. Um, now, no one has the time to track Amazon prices like that. Um, that often, which is where uh, the watcher 
tool comes in. Um, wow. Um, and with that, you set a maximum amount that you're willing to, to pay for a listing, and then it will monitor the items price history and let you as soon as the price that you want to pay is available. Um, it's kind of a bit like sniping on eBay. I was going to say, yeah, it's using yeah. an automated tool to get something for less like that. I guess, I mean, I think it really depends on the item because – like I said, like I was watching a game or like a video game or something, and it was like it was pretty much at full price. And so I thought if it goes below like five or ten bucks off, then I might get it. For for this kind of thing, I mean, with this, the whole sniping thing, I mean, if you're looking at, to buy something for ten dollars, I don't know if fifty cents versus thirty five cents off is going to matter, or whatever a dollar versus a dollar fifty, it's going to be pretty minor. So uh, it just depends on the item. Maybe if there's a TV or something you're looking at ahead of Black Friday. You, you know you want to buy it at some point, and this will let you buy it at its cheapest point, even if you're not awake at the time or if you're busy. I think that's more what it's useful for. Yeah. Right. Um, useful collection of tools, uh, regardless. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we would uh, encourage you to check those out in advance of um, Black Friday, which is November the... Late November, let's see. 19th. Uh, no, Thanksgiving is the 28th, 28th, so Black Friday will be the 29th. 29th. Yeah, it's right, right yeah. at the end of the month. I knew there was a nine in it. Yeah. Um, so there you go. It's really strange having a kind of sale period being imposed by an American holiday. Yeah, I was going to say that must be weird for you because I know Thanksgiving is the last Thursday in November, but that's, yeah. not, that's not normal. Yeah, and Cyber Monday will actually be in December. Yeah. So, yeah, that's – Yeah. That's right. That's right. So that is um, this week's really useful podcast. And, uh, you know, um, just to give you a quick recap, we've uh, looked at uh, what's coming on Disney Plus. Uh, we've had a look at Giffy Arcade and how you can create your own games and the um, free episodes on Rocky Boxes. We've also got how you can make an old Mac faster and even feel like new. The top conspiracy websites, how Tesla cars well, Tesla connected cards can be hacked and some Amazon price watch trackers that you might want to try before Black Friday and Cyber Monday comes around. Um, we are the release for podcast. We're available on iTunes, iTunes, thank Spotify. you, Spotify, Transistor. You can find us on the Make Yourself website, um, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, basically, and also or even on YouTube. So, you know, you will find us. Just um, head out there and look for us. And if you've got any feedback and comments, please leave them on uh, iTunes um, or wherever you prefer to get your um, podcast from. But do leave us some feedback because it's really important on iTunes uh, in particular because it helps us a lot. And we will be back next week for another really useful podcast and we'll still be in october it feels like the month that will never end yeah uh, <laughs> that's it from this week's release for podcast from me christian Colley, and from him ben stegner all right goodbye everyone thanks for listening and uh yeah we'll see you next time until then it's goodbye